Cross ice feed. Snare with the shot. And a goal. Boaster. Top shelf. Cornell on top. 1-0. Hey, hockey moms. Welcome back to another episode of the Blue Line Hockey Club. Tonight's episode five is brought to you by Technically Right. Technically Right offers business and technology solutions for all your company's needs. If you find yourself at your computer or continuing to say, what the fuck, goddamn computer, I can't figure this out, what the hell, give Rob a call at Technically Right, 315-244-1939 for all of your technology needs. He's our man at Blue Line Hockey Club and he can get you up and running today. Give him a call, 315-244-1939. Okay, guys, how we doing tonight? What's up? Hey, what's up, guys? Robbie Peters. P2. What's up, fellas? What's up, Derek? And we have Sean Flanagan, assistant coach from Cornell. How are you, Sean? Hey, fellas, not too bad. Sean, we just touched in the bases. You had a pretty good year um, this year at Cornell. Um, Lost to who'd you lose to? Bu. Bu. That's right. Um, yeah, no, you was that Pat's? Was that Pat's question? <laughs> How do you know? <laughs> no, but you yeah, guys had hunt. a pretty. <laughs> you guys had a pretty good run. Lost a few guys this year, but can you talk a little bit about your season and how you did so well this year? Yeah, um, you know, it, it's it's a little different for us coming into this year. We weren't sure how it was going to go. We had 10 freshmen, um, and that's a, that's a pretty darn big class. We had 28 guys on our team, three goalies, and, um, you know, 10, 10 freshmen is over a third of our team. And uh, those guys came in and did a great job. Every single one of them played played a big part um obviously the goaltender had one heck of a heck of a year but the upperclassmen did a did a great job of bringing our guys in and getting them up to speed uh, basically day one and i don't think we talked about it all year of how quickly we got going you didn't really have uh any real lulls throughout the year uh, i guess you could look at the end of the year we kind of lost our last two but um pr- played pretty darn well against bu and at that time of the year and they're they're on a roll and we make a big mistake and, and it ends up the back of the net anybody any team in that tournament could go on to win it and uh, there's no one or four seed in that it's uh everybody's a one seed for the most part uh once you get into it for a few years you realize that that uh, <laughs> little mistakes are you know it's like an nhl game making a mistake is in the back of the net so um, but our guys learned that, and uh, getting back to the NCAA tournament last year was huge, and to be there two years in a row, um, you know, spells well for the future. Hey, that's great, man. I'm glad you guys had a great season. You know, we were following Cornell this year. Um, you know, obviously a Canton kid coaching down there. Uh, it's great for our community. And, uh, Robbie, how about you get into a little bit of Sean's playing career? Uh, yeah, Sean, we'd like to know, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about your history, your, your playing career, uh, what uh, what it was like to make the transition, you know, into coaching and, uh, you know, what you've noticed the most, uh, some of the changes from being a coach to, uh, you know, being a player. Yeah, um, I mean, you know, like all you guys getting to play play high school in Canton is, uh, you know, that that sort of public high school thing has really gone away now for, for almost every kid, but that was always pretty neat to do. Um, and then just be able to have the junior experience and fortunate enough to 
get to St. Lawrence, and that was obviously a great, a great time. As all of us did grow up watching those games, and to be able to actually play there was was uh, you know um, pretty pretty darn cool for for family and whatnot. But um, I kind of knew going through that I had some injury stuff go on that I wanted to stay in hockey and, and definitely coach. Um, kind of thought that would have to go to prep school or something and teach and coaching and into it that way, but sort of as many things in life uh, fall into your lap and it's about timing and, and got an opportunity to go down to Hobart um, and, and get started there and, and the rest is, is sort of history. Now you played out in Vegas, Sean, is that right? Yeah, yeah, I played uh, after senior year, um, went out there for a couple weeks, played played, I think, I don't know, four games or something like that. And then um, it was a good experience. It was a lot of fun. And, and no, I did not get to have any of the Vegas experience of travel <laughs> for about two weeks. So I didn't make enough money to uh, to go gamble anyway. But um, it, it was fun. It, it was a good experience. And the next year uh, ended up playing in Quad City in the Central Hockey League, which is now defunct. So that's always nice to say you played in a defunct minor pro league. <laughs> but... <laughs> It uh, it was a fun experience and and just to be able to play you know as long as you can um, was was awesome and it helps in the coaching world too when you can you know take take a career to a, as far as you can uh, but also another year of learning from another coach or being around another another team um, you learn a lot a lot more than you ever think you would so. Um, but yeah, getting into coaching kind of, I think I was 26 when I got to Hobart. So it was pretty young. There was only guys two years younger than me that I was coaching. But, um, you know, hockey's a game of respect and, and kids pretty much, uh, it was sort of seamless in terms of how they, uh, you know, listened and, and how they wanted to still learn. It didn't matter. Um, and to be fortunate enough at a pretty young age to be where I'm at, it's, it's awesome. But I had a lot of help along the way. So yeah, how do you like being at Cornell? You know, you're still in the north North Country area, northern New York area. Oh, I mean, it's awesome. It's uh, you know, not three hours back back home and get back to Canton as much as possible. But yeah. you know, works work, and and at this point in life, that 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 comes first. Anytime we can get away, we get get back to Canton or up to Cranberry Lake. We got a camp there now. Um, but it did spend spending a year at UMass Lowell was was interesting too. Some place never been, you know, North Country kid living down, you know, Massachusetts, kind of around the city is a little different for me. But it was a great experience and uh, yep. being fortunate to get back to to Cornell, not far from home, but also just uh, you know, it's not a whole lot different than the North Country in terms of people and they love hockey just as much as everybody up there. And um, it, it's just nice to kind of be back in New York where. Nice. Hey, uh, Derek, let's get you in here. Uh, I think you had a couple questions about coaching for, for Flanny. Yeah, yeah, Sean, it's he too. Um, listen, everybody up here in the North Country knows the name Flanagan and hockey is kind of synonymous with one another. So, and also that you have some, I know you have some lineage, obviously, in your family that's in coaching with your Uncle Paul and uh, obviously uh, a guy that's near and dear to all our hearts, uh, Bruce. Ooh. So. As we call him, Boo. Yeah, Boo. Yeah, uh, but Boo. yeah I don't know so, him as Bruce. It's Boo. That's right. <laughs> Nobody does. Uh, how? Um, first of all, how did you make the decision to get into coaching? And then, who would you say now um, has had the biggest influence on your coaching style? 
Um, yeah, I, I could probably go on for a while on that, but um, biggest you know reason why is I, I don't know. It, it like you started out with a lineage. I mean, for, through PJ and Boo, um, and also uh, my my mom's brother Mark Taylor. He's actually the coach at Hobart, and so I really didn't have a choice <laughs> how to yeah. getting into it. And obviously, like I said, I fell into it there. He had an assistant leave, take a job, and uh, I wasn't going to go back to Quad City. And he's like, Hey, are you ready? I'm like, yeah, why not? You know, it, things happen for a reason and sort of got into it that way and, uh, skipped a bunch of steps, but you get pretty lucky at times. Um, so, so that's really how I got into it. Um, didn't want to stop playing, but it, it just happens. So, so that's really the, the reason why it happened. And I remember talking to Wellesley, being like, Wellesley, what should I, you know, what should I do? You think I should go? He goes, Hey, you know, when I took it, I I didn't think I was going to do it. It falls in your lap. And I'm like, all right. So you just kind of kind of have to do it. But in terms of, you know, the person, I think it just sort of goes to the family. I mean, it's on both sides. Every, you know, you go to one Christmas dinner with one family, you're talking hockey. You go to one Christmas dinner with the other side of the family, you're talking hockey. And it's really the only thing uh, kind of grew up with and always knew I wanted to, wanted to be involved with it, done playing and, it happened a lot sooner than wanted to, but very fortunate that, that it did. Um, I'd say kind of people-wise, uh, getting into it, I mean, Joe Marsh is, is a huge influence, and Joe has a great respect through the college world after being in it for you know six years or so now, um, and he's done it the right way. He always did it the right way, and that's sort of – taken a lot of things from him and been around a lot of different coaches, Norm Bazin, Mark Taylor, um, you know, here with coach Schaefer now, and, and every guy's a little different, but um, style wise, probably try to take uh, a little bit of what I feel I can use from them or, or, or how their personalities are. But I, it's one thing I've learned too. You can't be, can't be someone you're not. And uh, that's probably the biggest piece, but um, just taking each of their, different philosophies and things that they they believe in how they coach how they get across their players how they interact um you know I, I, the, all of them have a way to be a, a player's coach in a way um you know i think today's a little different than it was maybe we were younger of uh, uh of the coaching styles but now they're, they're all players coaches in, in a way um but also technically tactically go about the game a little different in some ways too uh, where's Joe now, Sean? Was he coaching up in Dartmouth for Dartmouth Women's? Yeah, he ended up. Um, he, he's real good friends with Bobby Gaudet, and when the Dartmouth women's coach decided, or she she had to leave this year because she was coaching Olympic team, I think, or our national team, and the assistants there, I guess, didn't really want want the head piece to it. So Bob talked Joe into it, and. You know, Joel do anything, and uh, <laughs> and I then I then don't think he was truly ready to be be done. You know, at St. Lawrence there, but it's just health wise and stuff. But um, you know, he's doing great now, and I think it was awesome for him. I saw him when we were up at Dartmouth. They got back from their their road trip, and we were walking out, and he rolls in, and, and he was just smiling. It's great to see him. He's you know, he's just one of the he, he could be a stand up comedian, but he's you know just a, <laughs> one of the best people one of the best people you're ever going to meet. So See, I, I, I'm neighbors with him. Uh, I bought, well, I was, I bought a little house on power street. I don't know if you were aware of that, but, um, I wasn't, I talked to Joe a lot and 
he is just such a class act. I don't think I've ever heard him say one bad thing about anyone or anything. He's just so positive and uh, just does everything right. He's just a great guy. Yeah, I did run uh, there's into a few him. stories I could tell you where you might not think he's so positive after a loss <laughs> or something. But. Yeah, I ran into him at uh, Dunkin' Donuts the other day, and he said coaching women was uh, was definitely a different experience, and he had to do a little learning. So he probably couldn't scream at him as much like you're saying. But no, uh, I, he probably had to had to tweak a few things, but uh, he, <laughs> I know he found a way. Yeah, tone it down. Hey, it's Morley. I got a couple questions for you on your role at Cornell. Um, you know, I went to UMass, played lacrosse there, and my uh, the assistant coach was, you know, very involved in the recruiting process, and they kind of took charge of a lot of it. Um, you know, is that part of your role at Cornell is really getting into the recruiting aspect and, you know, making the initial calls to these guys and, you know, getting out and seeing them play, or do they have somebody else that does some of that? No, I mean, it's it's mainly uh, the three of us coaches, um, you know, Shafe gets out when we need him to and, and, and when he can. But for the most part, it's Ben Sire, associate head coach, and myself. Um, he, you know, I, I probably travel maybe a little bit more than Ben, but Ben's, uh, you know, he sort of heads up the recruiting piece of it. But um, we're both out there all the time. Like, there's a, a lot of days in in a plane or in the car, but it's uh, that's the, one of the funnest funnest parts about it is being able to do that is uh, reaching out to kids, going to the games, spending hours in the rink and, and watching. And but it is like you said, Mark, it it is our our job to sort of find the kids and and sort it out, find out who the best kids are, and, and academically is you know a huge piece to our process. Unlike you know some schools um but it it is us we're recruiting every day and um it's ongoing never never stops sean this is rob uh who should we watch out for next year for cornell i think you gotta watch out for uh mitch vanderland so he, he's a junior forward this year he had an all right year got hurt uh toward the end which was uh um, actually hurt hurt us a bit, actually a lot. Uh, I think you got to watch out for him. He should have a big senior year, and um, you should also watch freshman this year, Morgan Barron um, and, and Brendan Locke. Those are two guys that I think will make make big jumps uh, going into the next year. Um, and Jeff Mallett would be the other other forward up front that I think would be guys that should have real big sophomore and junior years. Good, good. And how's the goaltending? Uh, if he can do what he did this year for the next three years, we'll, we'll be in a, a real good place. <laughs> I mean, that, yeah, not many, not many freshmen are able to do do what he did, and um, you know, it was incredible. We didn't know how how the goaltending was going to shape out. You know, we had a senior this past year that had kind of been been the backup for two years um, to Mitch Gillum, who played you know all year in the East Coast League this year. I think he was on all rookie team, but. Uh, didn't know how it was going to shake out, and this kid came in and sort of just took it and ran with it. And that, you don't good. see that happen a lot, and and uh, we just hope he can continue that. <laughs> Set the bar pretty damn high. Yeah, goaltending means a lot. We've been talking about it in the playoff hockey and, um, you know, the NHL. These goalies, uh, you know, Philly's goalie blew it last night, and uh, it makes a difference. It's huge. Hey, let's uh, get into Pat's question here. And uh, a little talk a little bit about the community, hockey community. 
I just wanted to go back one one step real quick and just uh, regarding recruiting, you know, how does like, um, you know, these big, big schools, you know, how do you compete with them to um, facilities? I've been to Cornell. Um, I've been down to that barn, checked it out. It's a pretty sweet barn. Then you get into some of these, uh, um, you know, rinks like uh, BC or UMass um, that, uh, you know, it's almost NHL style rinks or even out in uh, Minnesota or uh, North Dakota. I mean, it's pretty tough to, um, you know, kind of compete with those guys. Can you uh, elaborate a little bit on that since you're right in on that? Yeah, no, it's, um, so that's, it is something, you know, we go through, like I said, daily recruiting wise in terms of going up against schools and, and, um, biggest piece that I think we're different than, than everybody else is it's sort of the, you can, you can sell kids and kids want, um, you know, the the total package piece. Uh, Some kids don't want any academic, even if they're 4.0 students they they just say hey you know i just want to go play hockey i don't care you know really about my school um but you know we've got the kids that that want to take hockey as far as they can and we've also got the kids that are smart enough that they want to take academics as, as far as they can so when it gets down to that and they, they see a game at our place with the you know typically sell out every game and it's loud it's the low ceiling it's you know it it is more like a soccer european soccer game than it is you know, the hockey atmosphere and some of the rinks definitely are bigger. I mean, North Dakota obviously is huge and you get some of these uh, teams of the, all these bigger rinks and, you know, some kids have been on visits there and they, they still choose, you know, to come here. Um, and, and, but again, it's, it, it comes down to sort of the, the t- type of kid, um, what they want versus how they look at the rink or, or what that is uh, kind of that materialistic, you know, view to it they they get the whole the whole package so that's how you know like like you said how do we compete that that's how we're able to compete with you know the the high the big top end scholarship schools is there's enough really good players out there that are smart enough and in the recruiting aspect of it get the the right kid that that sees that they fit here versus for some of those other schools that may have a bigger rank or maybe a little more fans, but it might not be the same atmosphere. So I don't know if that really answers the question at all, but um, it sort of ties into the, the recruiting piece to it as well. Yeah. So, I mean, it sounds like you're selling us on Cornell right now, actually. Probably had that conversation <laughs> with a few of your recruits. Um, none of us could get into Cornell though. So wouldn't matter. How don't does worry, that, don't affect, worry, I couldn't either. <laughs> how does that affect the recruiting though? Like, how many guys do you lose that because they don't have the grades or, you know, Cornell doesn't have athletic scholarships, right? Cause it's an Ivy league. So you have those two right. things going against you. Right. Yeah. It's yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, you talk to some people, it's like, Oh, it's nice. You know, you don't have to watch every single kid. It's like, well, geez, some days I wish I could watch that kid because <laughs> he's really good, but there's no way he can get in. But, it sort of funnels it down for you and you just got to make sure you're getting the, you know, the top end kid that's able to get in, um, to, to the school. So uh, the numbers aren't as high as everybody else, but there's certainly enough, enough players out there to, to find them. Um, so it's, that's, that's the fun part about it, I guess, is, is kind of the chase and the hunt for it. <laughs> I was going to say, is there a certain sector of the country, you know, that, uh, you're, you're kind of responsible for recruiting or 
No, we're just anywhere. You know, we hear about a kid or see a kid, doesn't matter. We've got we've got a few Nova Scotia kids. We've got kids, I think, from almost every Canadian province, and you know, kids from uh, Western states, you know, Southern states, mid, you know, Midwest. Uh, you know, we've got a Massachusetts kid out here. You know, brothers went to Harvard and you know came here, so it's it's anywhere. And that's like I said, kind of for us, we've got to search a little bit more maybe than than some schools with the academic and the financial aid, and, and making sure we're still getting the the best player. Um, and sorry, I didn't really answer that one question, but like about losing guys. I mean, yeah, some kids, the financial aid is really probably the biggest piece that has to match up for kids, and that that's the final hurdle, you know, like. Um, you know, Jordy's at BU. There's a kid that we wanted, and you know, it's going to BU that, it, you know, financially, financially, that it just didn't fall in the right ballpark for him. And you know, we're in, still in it with all those schools, and and a lot of people think we love it, we love it, we just, you know, financially, um, it, it doesn't work. And that's probably our biggest hurdle why we lose kids because if we had scholarships, you know, I think everybody probably want want to come here because you get you know, one of the best educations, but that's just not how, uh, how we work, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Or ask the question was because it, that's kind of what happened to me. I was probably going to go to Johns Hopkins, but financially my parents are like, no, you're going to UMass. We're not paying for it. So yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, and every, every family is just, just different. Yeah, exactly. But you hey, guys Pat. are doing something down there. I mean, you guys yeah, are competing. You guys are doing good. Trying. I don't want to be Debbie Downer, but um, I know the uh, hockey community has been uh, looking at the humble Broncos and, um, you know, donating sticks and um, raised a bunch of money for the families for uh, the big tragedy out there. And it's um, just great to see how hockey community, um, sports in general, come together to help one another out. And uh, I know you, I know you kind of had a, uh, your father had a little on stint over in Europe. I want to think to say it was and. Uh, the hockey community came together and uh, um, kind of helped with that. And uh, it's just, I just thought I'd bring that up because it's just great how everyone comes together and um, have you kind of talk about that a little bit. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's just incredible. And, and everybody, you know, high school, prep school, college, whatever sport you, you spend time on a bus. And I think this one resonates with, with everyone because they've, they've all been there. And uh, I think somebody said one place, my NHL guys like it's a safe place not a safe place but a, a place where everyone is and they just feel all together and they're right and you, you never think something like this would be happen it's obviously tragic and like you said with my dad there when that happened and it, woke up one morning you see kind of the GoFundMe that, that people got going to, to be able to help with the insurance and, and to get them back so quickly and it was unbelievably surprised it wasn't surprising because you you don't think it's going to happen and when it happens you're like well there's people out there and the hockey world's so big but it's also small and it's overwhelming and people are so generous and they're involved with with hockey it's just one of those sports that you can't really I don't think put into words how how generous people can be and and how understanding and on the same page everybody is and, and the culture of it um, and to see this, you know, the GoFundMe and the amount that has been raised for, for that, the outpouring of support for Humboldt is, it's not surprising either because it's just people come to help anyone and they're, yeah, and that's, they're I mean, tied that's to the hockey. hockey community. That just says, uh, it says a lot about the hockey community. 
Yeah, no, it does. It just you look at everybody and anybody's out to help. It's incredible. Yeah, it's uh, it's been amazing to watch over the last couple of weeks. Everybody's come together. You know, United States, Canadians, everybody. You know, today I think was Jersey Day. Everybody wore jerseys for the Humboldt guys. So it's it's been pretty cool. But uh, yeah. let's get this wrapped up, man. We appreciate you coming on the Blue Line Hockey Club. You know, it's been a lot of fun talking to you. And uh, we wish you best of luck with your uh, endeavors at Cornell. And we hope to see you in the Canton community playing golf this summer or getting out Coaching in the water. St. Lawrence. Coaching St. Lawrence. Lawrence in the future. <laughs> hey, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, it's, that's a little, little odd. A little odd being on the other side of that, but it's what it is business now. So, for sure, man. Thanks a lot, Sean. We appreciate you coming yeah, thank on. You. All right, thanks, fellas. Thanks, Sean. Right, take care. We'll, we'll hopefully see you up north soon. All right, take All right, care. Buddy. Have a good day, man. All right, take care, guys. See ya. Great interview with Sean Flanagan, assistant coach at Cornell. Uh, great guy from our hometown, doing well there. It's good to see Canton boy doing big things. Yep. So, I can uh, see him. Uh, I can see him coaching head coach D1 here soon. I bet at St. Lawrence too. It'd be a good fit for him. He wouldn't, you know, he knows the area. He's not planning on leaving anytime soon. Be a good. He's just good well, fit. Yeah, just well spoken and very polite, nice kid. He's he'll move up the ranks quick. Yeah, definitely sound like a coach look- these days. That's for sure. Yes, he you know, does. Those guys, uh, you know, like just in the lacrosse world, just because I know that that college game quite a bit. Um, some of my buddies are assistant coaches now at the D1 level, and a couple of them have gone up to a, a coach Yale head coach at Yale, head coach at, at Providence. So it's a stepping stone, you know. The good guys, the good coaches, you know, they're going to be head coaches. You know, it's inevitable. Yep, so they're good. moving, moving up. All right, did, guys. Um, did uh. Flyers won last night. Did the Flyers? Oh, the Flyers were close. Yeah, it was a close. That was awful. Murray getting a shutout game one. God. Who wants Shut to play up. the Pens, you think? <clears throat> Nobody. That's going to be a tough one. Lord. Everyone got on the score sheet. Crosby, Crosby picking another. Uh, you see that one goal he scored, too? Is out of the air again. Towards the net, out of the air. He just kind of plucks it off the backhand, you know, about – Four feet off the ice, three feet off the ice. In a hat trick last night. Good way to start Unreal. it up. Unreal. I'd like to see what yeah, happens in the next game, that. though. Unreal. I don't think it's going to be a blowout every game. We'll see what happens. But Well, I tell you what, if Philly doesn't respond next game, they're done. Yeah, for sure. In the wild last night, guys, that was a, that was a great game. Yep, that was a good game. Watch. Fun to watch. What an atmosphere. That barn was fucking wild. Yeah, they were going yeah, nuts. I think Minnesota walked into a buzzsaw there. You know, I mean, that's the, that's. It. I mean, they. I think they did well to survive the first period the way they did, and then to uh, basically compete all game and then keep that game tight. I think you know, surviving that first game is is a big deal. I think I think Minnesota will do well in that series. Yeah, and the and the Jets have an incredibly good uh, percentage of winning at home this year. You know, it's tough to win that barn. It's supposed to be the loudest barn in the league. Only holds fifteen thousand, but Man, that, was their, excited. that was their first playoff victory ever last night. Including Atlanta before they yeah. moved. They never won there either. Do you see Line's goal, like the flex on that stick and just right under the elbow? I mean, holy shit. But those things are moving when they come off the end of those sticks nowadays. 19 years old. Jesus, Goal, man. Goal, you, you forget that. 
forget you know, that. He, 19. He, he does have an ugly looking beard. <laughs> he's 19. Doesn't know any better. No, he's Think still growing cool. his fur, huh? Maybe yeah. uh, we're going to start a new thing on the Blue Line podcast is every year the ugliest beard award, and he already won that. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a trophy this year. Crosby's is pretty ugly, too. There's like five whiskers on that fucker. That's like me growing a beard, fellas. Yeah, you just took, I was about to say, I just got Derek's beard. <laughs> yeah, it starts to get pretty ugly deep in the playoffs. I think I think we were right uh, last podcast uh, that uh, L.A. and Vegas was going to come down to the goalies. Um, one nothing game, Vegas took that one. That's going to be a tight one out there. We'll see what happens. Whatever goalie, uh, you know, decides to take a period off, that's uh, – a couple too. minutes off, we'll change that game. Yeah, big win for Vegas. So, you know, first playoff game, history of the club, coming out with a win, little confidence booster. You know, that's going to help out going into game two. And, uh, you know, they needed that because, you know, obviously being their first time there, a lot of their guys haven't been there before. And uh, a young club. So I think that's definitely going to help them out game two. I thought Jordan stepped up. He played well. He had a good round. Yeah, he did play pretty well. Um, had an assist last night. Nice good looking assist too, from the backhand, just a feather pass to the middle. Nice goal. Yeah, that was a great pass. Yeah, it's a good setup. I think I've said it to you guys multiple times, but it just that kid amazes me because it just seems like no level of hockey is too big for him. I mean, he just he rises. I mean, to you the go. Challenge. I mean, what do you play in? What do you play in first, Pat? It was the World Juniors. Is that the first uh, thing he did? Right. Yes. And then he goes and then he goes and plays in the Olympics or I mean, then he goes and plays at BU and he, you know, playing in massively high profile games there. And then then he goes and he plays in the Olympics and then he just steps foot on the ice in the NHL and plays a couple of games. And then he's in playoffs. I mean, it's, in NHL it, he doesn't, look like he, doesn't look like he skips a beat, though. I mean, it's just it's crazy. Yeah, I think we all saw to uh, the Greenway thing on. Um, playing in the Olympics, playing in the college NCAA playoffs, and now the uh, NHL playoffs, first player in history to do that in the same year. That's pretty amazing. Good for him. Really good. He's got a couple, couple of good family yeah. too. He's got a couple of records that will be there for, you know, quite some time. Pretty amazing. Yeah. So we got the Bruins one tonight. What was the other game tonight? Uh, Lightning and Devils. Lightning won that one. Yeah, 5-2. Um, over. Nashville, Nashville's playing right now, and then later game is uh, yeah, Anaheim. Winning three, three, two, uh, over Columbus. That's a tight game. I think it's going back and Columbus, forth. Columbus just scored, as you said, that fellas. Yeah, tied up. They're three. on the power play, so power play goal. Got a tie. Got a tie game with four minutes left. Yeah, the Caps will blow it. They always do. Colorado, Nashville just started. Uh, Colorado's up one nothing. Wow. Got lucky, must have bounced off the ref. See, there's a lot of game left. Big advantage for these guys having home games in the first couple games, you know. So, you know, we'll see a little bit of difference when it goes back to the uh, lower seeds arena. You know, that that's a big playing at home. You know, it's a big, big advantage. So, you know, I'm not surprised with some of these home teams winning in the first game. But uh, Yeah, that's usually the case. So let's wrap it up for this podcast. We uh, – We'll get right back into it next week. We're going to have a, a lot of playoff hockey to talk about and uh, another special guest to interview next week. Check our website, bluelinehockeyclub.com. Like us on Facebook, retweet us on Twitter, 
and we'll see you next time. Keep your stick on the ice. Hey ya! See ya! Keep your head up. Hey, boys.